I'm Gary Varg, Editor-in-Chief of today's Caregiver Magazine and your host for our weekly podcast series. Today is a podcast version of our 23-year-old magazine, something most podcasts don't attempt to do. Just like the magazine, these podcasts will have multiple topics, including our traditional celebrity interview, as well as news you can use. Today I'll be talking with funny man Howie Mandel about a topic that is near and dear to his heart and not so funny, the correlation between high cholesterol and heart disease. I'll also be talking with Katie Riston from Mobile Physician Services about a new twist on an old-fashioned service that needs to make a comeback, medical house calls. So sit back, relax, and join me for this edition of today's Caregiver Magazine and Caregiver.com's Caregiver Podcast Series. Howie, you were actually diagnosed with high cholesterol when you were quite young. In my was that 30s. surprising? Yeah. Well, to me, yeah. that's quite young. So was that surprising? In, in, it was really surprising, number one, not only because of my age, but because of, more importantly, because of how I felt. You know, I felt okay. So I was being diagnosed with something without feeling anything. So that was the first scary part of it because cholesterol doesn't feel like anything. It only becomes an issue when there's either a total blockage or, uh, you know, a piece of plaque breaks off and makes its way up to your brain or gives you a heart attack or a stroke. So that was the key, you know, and even now when I still have high cholesterol, you know, if you look at me, I'm not overweight. I exercise frequently and it's just this silent, uh, you know, killer. And heart disease is the number one, you know, reason that people die. And, uh, you know, what we're doing and what this campaign is about is about, you know, open, opening up a discussion with your doctor. Because even people like me who go to a doctor and get diagnosed with high cholesterol, and there's a lot of people that, that do know they have high cholesterol, they're given a statin, and then, you know, more than 50% of those people end up going off of it without even telling their doctor and whether that's because of, you know, side effects or they just stop taking it or whatever reason they need to, if they're going to stop it for whatever reason, they need to inform the doctor and have a, a logical educated discussion. And maybe there, maybe that wasn't the right statin for them. And maybe the doctor will put them on another statin that is more suitable to their body chemistry. So it's just about, you know, opening up this discussion. This is great, and and as I said, a lot of family caregivers, we don't go to the doctor ourselves, and so it's such a silent potential killer that you have to go on, on a regular basis. And I like your, your point about the medications. I, so many of us tend to try to be our own doctors when it comes to medications. You know, I'll cut this pill in half, or I won't take this anymore because I don't like how it makes me feel, or, you know, we, we self-doctor, and, and when my mom does this, I ask to see her medical license. So I understand that you went through this. Did, do you have any negative effects when, with, with um, kind of taking yourself off the pills? Yeah. You know, uh, well, I didn't, I, I took myself off the pills because I got scared and heard about side effects and, and I just took myself off the pill and I decided to make, you know, a, a concerted effort to help myself by, exercising harder and eating what I believed was healthier 
And then lo and behold, when I showed up at the doctor months later and he took my blood, it didn't make a difference. In fact, I was worse off. So the, the story there is you can't be your own advocate and you've got to, it is there. It is prevalent. It is part of, uh, you know, what is going on in North America right now. You need to have these discussions, and it's no big deal if you have to take a pill. And the big message is if you are on a statin and you stop the statin, there may be another one. It's not, there isn't one answer, and that's the key, and that's why we need to have these discussions. And I'm really glad you are having this discussion because one of the other things about high cholesterol, it's really not, such a benign thing because there's a direct link between high cholesterol and heart disease. And, and you, you alluded to it before, but can you tell me more about the Take Cholesterol to Heart campaign? Yeah, we have a, a website. So if you go to takecholesteroltoheart.com, you know, number one, uh, you can see me. I don't know that that's necessarily <laughs> number one, but I, I did some informative videos about my own history and w what I believe about the, the issue. Uh, number two, you could take uh, some sort of uh, quiz to see whether you you fit the uh, fit the bill for somebody that might have uh, high, uh, that you might have a, a statin profile. And number three, you know, just little tips on how to communicate with the doctor. You know, it's a, a kind of a discussion guide so that you would know uh, you you'd be informed on how to discuss it with your doctor. So. The idea that we put out all these, and I'm the ambassador, and I'm talking to you, and I'm talking to TV and radio and magazines, and trying to drive everybody to this website is really the first and foremost plan of attack for, you know, dealing with this huge issue that is, you know, prevalent but silent. And also, it's something that, you know, anybody who hears this or sees it or goes to the website they need to share it with their family members because um, high cholesterol is generally tends to run in families. Yeah, and mine's genetic. My mother has high cholesterol, and that's a, you know I'm a relatively thin guy who's in shape, and you would think. And and then when I decided myself to take myself off the statin and be a little healthier, it didn't really. I wasn't healthier. I was less healthy and closer to something catastrophic happening. So. That's my message. That's the message of uh, me and COA and everybody who is involved in this campaign to just, you know, spread the word, talk to the doctor, and take this seriously, and it's real. If I can ask, um, I always ask this question, so I don't mean to throw a ringer at it, but um, could you give me your best piece of advice for family caregivers? Yeah, you know, you're not alone, and especially when it comes to, uh, you know, medical advice. You, you know, whatever you're dealing with, and as, as lonely as you may feel and as personal as it may be, there's a lot of information out there for everybody, and there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of people in the medical fields that are in place and know what you're dealing with and have other people. So it's just about sharing ideas and sharing information. It goes along with what this, what this website is. This website is about speaking out. And speaking out is the panacea for the first, you know, wave of panacea for all these issues. And whether, you know, you're, 
you're a caregiver and you're dealing with a family member and it's tough and it's hard and you don't know if they've had all their tests or it's just really hard to get them to, you know, subscribe to, you know, whatever prescriptions they've been doing or just dealing with people. I still say just talk to your doctor because there's no way, there's no way you are the only one dealing with whatever it is you're dealing with. And not only that, again, about, you know, self, self-doctoring or self-prescribing, um, it happened to me, too, that I was on a cholesterol drug and I had the achy legs and I went back to the doctor and got a different one. And um, no problem. So, uh, Proof is in the pudding then, sir. Write that down because that is, that's exactly what the message is. And that's not a story I'm hearing a lot of. So that's the story we want to get out. It's actually your story, not my story. Every doctor's meeting that we go to, we take a little tape recorder with us, and we just tape record it from start to finish, go home and listen to it, and it's unbelievable how much we miss, even trying to take notes. Listen to it again, and all of a sudden you hear all new information that just, even if you're actively listening, sometimes you just don't hear it. One of the things I enjoy the most about these podcasts is when we can present innovative solutions to caregiving challenges that just make so darn much sense. And that's why I'm so pleased to be joined today by Katie Riston of Mobile Physician Services. Mobile Physician Services is a practice of doctors and nurse practitioners who make house calls to homebound patients. It's one of the only house call practices in the United States that has both primary care and specialist providers on staff. Mobile Physician Services was established in 2006 to fill an unmet need for medical care among patients who are unable to leave their homes or who had difficulty getting to physician's office. And often these patients had complex chronic conditions requiring ongoing medical care. Without proper care, their condition would worsen and the patients eventually would require emergency care or admission to a hospital. Hi, Katie. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. It's such a pleasure to talk to you about this. This is so smart. It should be everywhere in the country, and it makes so much sense. It's the kind of thing we like to call being caregiver-friendly. So I know this is an important service to family caregivers, but I'm kind of intrigued how it started and who started it. So Dr. Richard Waxman started the practice about 12 and a half years ago. Um, in the Tampa Bay market of Florida, he identified this population of patients that were truly being underserved. Um, they weren't able to get to a physician on a regular basis. They weren't able to get proper medical care unless they called, you know, 911 and were transported to the emergency department. And oftentimes it was for something that had they had regular routine medical care. Um, could have been prevented, but they had no way to get to the office. So Dr. Waxman, you know, looked at this population and said, well, why can't we see them at home? And there goes mobile physician services. We started with 10 patients, and we're now in over 20 counties in Florida. That's amazing. What what type of patients do you see? Um, our patients are a wide variety from, you know, 
most of our patients are elderly that might have trouble uh, driving, vision issues, so they just really can't get out of their house anymore, um, COPD, CHS, some of the more chronic debilitating conditions. We also have patients, um, quadriplegics, ventilators, trachs, tube, you know, patients that need a tube feed for feedings. Um, really no patient is too complex for us to handle at home. What do you normally see? Is there a, a common parameter of what you see um, when you go out, or is it just anything under the sun? A lot of dementia and Alzheimer's type of diseases, um, COPD, CHF, those are big ones. Parkinson's is another big one, but really the whole spectrum of, of medical conditions. So when you go out, what services are you providing? So we have primary care physicians, nurse practitioners, and PAs. But in addition to that, we have podiatry, optometry, psychiatry, uh, wound care specialists, all that will go right into the home to uh, take care of our patients' needs. How do you work with the patient's primary and or their insurance company? So we are a Medicare providing, uh, we provide Medicare. Um, just like if you were to go to the doctor's office, uh, Medicare covers 80%. And then we would bill the remaining 20% to their secondary insurance. If anything is left over, then that does become the patient's responsibility, just like it would um, if you walk into a doctor's office. So what territories are you covering? From Gainesville down the west coast of Florida through Collier County or Naples area, the I-4 corridor across to the east coast in Daytona, and then uh, Fort Lauderdale and West Palm Beach. Wow, <laughs> you do cover the state. So how does it work? Walk me through a, a traditional scenario. So for a new patient, you would call our office and you would speak to one of my intake coordinators in the office. We would verify the insurance and do all of that, get the demographics, where the patient lives, who an emergency contact would be, all of that fun stuff. Um, we do have new patient paperwork that needs to be filled out and returned to us. Um, we can use a secure email or we can snail mail it or fax it, whichever means to get it to the patient. Oftentimes I actually will go to the patient's home to help them fill it out. Um, and then once we get that paperwork back, we get them on the schedule. It's usually... Um, five to ten days for a new patient to be established. It's often faster, um, but just based on availability, it can take, you know, five to ten days at most. Uh, for a current patient, if they do have, you know, an emergency type of situation that doesn't necessarily warrant going to the hospital, but, you know, an ailment pops up and they want to be checked out for, you know, the flu or something, we can usually get them on the schedule within two days. I imagine you get a lot of response from patients and from family caregivers. What are you hearing from family caregivers in particular? A lot of these caregivers, they still have to work. And now if they need to take their loved one to a doctor, they're needing to take a day off from work. And it's usually not just the morning. They usually end up having to take the whole day because getting their loved one to a doctor's office can take a couple hours getting them ready. 
and then you're going to sit at the doctor's office for a couple hours sometimes, and then getting them back home, and depending on what's going on, you know, if it's dementia or Alzheimer's, it could take them hours or even days sometimes to kind of get back to their normal um, because you've removed them from their environment for a period of time. And having us come into the home just saves so much stress and everything on both the patients and the caregivers. Well, this is for my audience outside of Florida. Any expansion thoughts? There's always thoughts, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I actually just got off the phone with my boss, and, and we did discuss outside of Florida. Excellent. So if I want to reach out to you and for my loved one or for myself and I want to um, start a relationship with Mobile Physician Services, what do I do? You would call our toll-free number, 855-232-0644, and we'll be more than happy to answer any and all questions. If you want to check out our website, it's mobilephysicianservices.com. What would be the one most important piece of advice you'd like to share with family caregivers? Homebound versus bedbound. You do not have to be bedbound to be homebound. And there's a lot of misconception that the only patients we see are bedbound patients who, you know, quadriplegics or patients that are on a ventilator or end stages of Parkinson's that can't get out of bed. That's not true. We have a wide variety of patients. And Medicare's definition of homebound is a taxing effort or medically inadvisable, which is a very broad definition. So if you, you know, if you're having any difficulties getting your loved one out to see a physician, they qualify. And don't hesitate to give us a call because we have a bunch of questions that we can ask to make sure that your loved one qualifies uh, for our services. I think it's great, and I think it's smart, and I think it's caregiver-friendly, and I hope you expand uh, to the other 49 states. Yes, (laughs) I would love to do that. (laughs) Thanks, Howie, and thanks, Katie, and thanks to you for joining us for this week's episode of today's Caregiver Magazine and Caregiver.com's podcast series. Until then... Care well, care fearlessly, and remember to take time to care for you, too.